This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Saturday, July 26th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and I have two stories for you today. StarTrek.com announces Ships of the Line Design Contest and Trekland on Speaker Volume 3 to debut at Star Trek Las Vegas. First up, have you ever dreamed of designing your own starship? Want to be an official part of the historic 50th anniversary of Star Trek? Well, your chance has just docked. CBS and StarTrek.com announced a new contest during the Ships of the Line panel at San Diego Comic Con that makes you a ship designer. And as the builders of interstellar craft, 13 lucky winners will be immortalized in the 2016 Ships of the Line calendar. Now, we've talked about this calendar on the network a fair bit recently, I feel like. I can't remember if it was on this show, but I know on the current Ready Room, Michael Fisher and I talked about this. And I love the Ships of the Line calendar because, well, you know, I love ships, right? Because I talk about the official Starships collection ships all the time on here. But I, I just love Starships and the designs and the Ships of the Line calendars, although I don't find them very useful as calendars per se, are great pieces of artwork, which I still buy and keep on the wall here in the studio just so I can see the ships. And in fact, I leave some of them hanging even beyond the year that they're for. Just because the artwork is so nice. Now, this was announced at San Diego Comic Con during the panel that featured designers John Eves, Andrew Probert, Doug Drexler, John Goodson, Greg Jan, and Mike Okuda. And this is really cool. I was surprised when I saw this story. I wasn't surprised that they would have a contest and maybe they would pick one winner. And that winning ship would be in the calendar along with the artwork usually done by these guys. What I was surprised about was that they're going to pick 13. Now, it's not clear to me yet if the 2016 calendar will be made up entirely of artwork from the winners of this contest or if there will be the usual bits of artwork and then maybe the center foldout, which is usually a special spread. Will feature these 13 ships. The fact that they're choosing 13 makes me feel like one will be for the cover and the other 12 will be for the inside. So, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting to learn more details about this. What we do know right now, though, is that not only will winners appear in the 2016 calendar, which again is the 50th anniversary year, so this is a pretty big deal. I mean, if you win this, you are going to officially be part of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. That's spectacular. But as if that weren't enough for any Star Trek fan, you're also going to receive $500. So pretty cool.、Uh, but great, though, by the way, I mean, as a designer myself, I'm glad that they're giving a cash prize for this as well because you're creating artwork and, and you deserve to be compensated for that, even if you do appear in the calendar. So that's wonderful. There are some guidelines here, which I'll share with you. Designs for the ships can be submitted in paint, pencils, ink, markers, pastels, or charcoal. Apparently, no crayons. So I guess I'm not going to be able to enter. But for all you real artists out there, paint, pencils, ink, markers, pastels, or charcoal are all acceptable. Also, computer generated images are acceptable. 
The deadline is September 2nd, and you submit through StarTrek.com. I'll put a link in the show notes, or you can go to StarTrek.com and look for this story. And at the end of the article, there is a link that you can click that will take you through. The actual URL, however, for entry is shipsoftheline.promotw.com. Shipsoftheline.promotw, P-R-O-M-O-T-W, dot com. That has an actual form there, and it has some of the other guidelines, which I didn't see on the first page that I looked at, which says that ships must have been seen or mentioned within the Star Trek universe, excluding Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Into Darkness. So no bad robot Star Trek here. It's prime universe Star Trek. So it needs to be in any of Star Trek prior to the Abramsverse. Also, final art must be delivered as 36-inch wide by 18-inch high artwork at 300 dpi. Key elements should be kept one-half inch from edges. And of course, this information is there on the entry page as well, so you'll have that there. There will be a panel for judging. It doesn't say yet who will be on that panel, although I do suspect that it will be Doug Drexler, Michael Kuda, Probably John Eves, Andrew Probert, and these guys. But there are some criteria. So to keep in mind as you're thinking about your ship and what you're going to do, the judging criteria are appearance and quality of image, appropriateness to contest theme, composition layout, and attention to detail. So appropriateness to contest theme, you know, I mean, if, if you design... The vengeance from Star Trek Into Darkness, that's obviously not going to be considered because the rules say no Abrams verse. Otherwise, I, I don't know really, from what I've seen so far, appropriateness to theme is a ship seen in the Prime Universe. So I, I guess don't make up your own ship would, would be some advice here. Uh, don't, make the, don't make the ISS crazy horse, for example. You know, we know the crazy horse is in the Prime Universe, but we've never seen or heard of the Mirror Universe counterpart to that. So, so don't do that. So this is really exciting. I, I really wish that I could draw better myself. I am a designer, but I'm not an illustrator. I'm not an artist. I don't draw freehand. So uh, I will not be entering this myself. But I know many of you out there are excellent illustrators and excellent artists, and I hope you'll enter and I hope you'll win, and I can't wait to see what you come up with. And let me know if you'll enter, and let me know which ship you will illustrate. And even if you're not an artist and you're not going to enter, let me know which ships you would like to see in the 50th anniversary calendar. I think this is an interesting question, because the 2016 calendar is a milestone for the franchise, and you know, in different years, you can throw in all kinds of different unique and maybe obscure ships, but for the 50th anniversary calendar, which ships do you feel are the ones that most represent the franchise and that really should not be overlooked in the 50th year? Let me know what you think about that. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C, Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. And I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash C, Brian Jones. Next up, the finale of a Star Trek series is a momentous event for both viewers and those who actually create the show. And I almost feel like this rings the most true 
for Deep Space Nine because of what the finale meant to the writers and the actors and the crew. And you hear the stories about it. And it was a show that wasn't going to continue on in films. Uh, They knew this was it. This was a wrap. And as fans, we are often critical of what we see on screen without knowing the story of what went on behind the scenes. No one has stockpiled more of this in-the-moment commentary than Larry Nemechek. But as most of it was captured on old-style cassette tapes, just during sit-down sessions that he was having with writers and producers, as notes for writing magazine articles, the public has never heard this stuff. That has changed with Trekland on Speaker. That's the CD series from Larry that brings these to light for everyone so you can actually hear them. And a new chapter will be revealed at Star Trek Las Vegas as Larry sheds light on the DS9 finale, What You Leave Behind. And these things are really amazing. And a note about this story, actually. So this week, I've missed a number of days on Hyper Channel once again after I told you. That, that I was going to get it back on track. Uh, one reason I miss these days is that we've been working on this disc. I'm the producer of these Trekland on speaker discs that Larry does. And Larry and I have been working on volume three to get it ready for Star Trek Las Vegas. And this week was crunch time because they have to be pressed and the inserts have to be printed and everything. And uh, the middle of the week was just crunch time for us to to put the final touches on this and get it ready for everyone who's going to be at STLV. And of course, you'll be able to get this after Star Trek Las Vegas as well through Larry's website. But right now, we're just focused on, on the debut at Star Trek Las Vegas. The, the way this is billed is rare, never-before-heard stories of Deep Space Nine's grand finale in Trek Luminary's own voices. And the title of the disc is What They Left Behind. And, and it's very true, the way it's built. The four people on the disc this year are Ronald D. Moore, who was, of course, DS9 writer-producer, also worked on TNG. Dan Curry, who was the visual effects producer on TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. Gary Hutzel, visual effects supervisor on TNG and DS9. And Ira Stephen Bear, who co-wrote What You Leave Behind, was, of course, the executive producer of DS9, was also on TNG. And along with Ron, and and of course, they had such a great writing staff there, but Ron and Ira together are responsible for so much of what makes DS9 so unique. And I've heard the full length of of these discussions that are going to be on on Speaker Volume 3. And it's really fascinating, especially Ira, the things that Ira has to say about what was going on as they were preparing what you leave behind is very illuminating. And DS9, it really, you know, it is like the the stepchild, the almost the unwanted stepchild, I feel like sometimes, of the Star Trek family. It certainly felt like that in the 90s when TNG was wrapping and headed for the big screen and Voyager was launching UPN. And those two shows were getting all the attention, and they're in the shadows, just quietly by themselves. These guys were writing amazing television on Deep Space Nine and really breaking out of the Star Trek mold while keeping everything Star Trek at the same time. So 
hearing them talk about these things and, and the finale and the final arc and everything that led up to this is fascinating for me. And as you hear Dan and Gary talk about the budget challenges for the visual effects of what you leave behind, it will also help you understand a bit of what you're seeing on screen and why things play out the way they do in that finale. So if you're going to be at Star Trek Las Vegas, go by Larry's table and get a copy of this CD, Trekland on Speaker Volume 3, what they left behind. Um, you know, the, the audio is not pristine because, again, this is Larry sitting down with Ron or Ira, Dan and Gary, and just putting a cassette player in the middle of the table and talking to them because he was getting the information so he could write his magazine articles for Star Trek Communicator. And this was never intended to be released to the public. So they're not sitting behind microphones like we are when we're podcasting. So there's, you know, there's the background hiss. You can hear the air conditioners and such. But we do the best we can to clean it up and make it uh, so that you can follow what's going on. And as I said, it, it, it's very illuminating. You know, in Trek Luminary's own voices is a perfect description of it. So go pick it up and let me know if you've picked up the first two volumes. And also what I would like to know and what Larry and I would like to know is what themes would you be interested in seeing and hearing, I guess I should say, on future volumes of Trek Land on Speaker? Because we're always trying to think of what would be the theme for the next one, because we want them to have themes. So, so let me know what you would be interested in hearing. Larry has boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of cassette tapes full of this stuff, and he's digitizing them all right now, getting them into the computer. So uh, so let us know what you would like to hear on future volumes as well. Now, I do have a programming note here quickly for you. As I just mentioned in that story, I missed a few days of the show again this past week. It's fully my intention for Hyper Channel to be a daily news show because, for one thing, I like just sitting down behind the mic for 15 minutes each day and talking to you about Star Trek. I do all of the different shows on the network, but of course they're very structured with the topic we're going to talk about that week and we're having a panel discussion. And this is my chance to just sit down here at my desk behind my microphone and just talk to you about Star Trek for 15 minutes. And I love it. But as the events of the past two weeks have shown me, at this moment in time, it's really difficult for me to get the show out every single day. And while that's my intention, and I'm still going to try to do it, there are days that I'm going to have to miss. And so I'm taking the daily tag off of the show. I actually have already done that. I did it yesterday. If you go to iTunes now, you will see Hyper Channel, a Star Trek news podcast instead of a daily news podcast, just because I want the expectations to be accurate. So I want to get it out to you every day. I'm going to try to get it out to you every day. I'm going to end up missing some days, and so I don't want to have it tagged as daily. But uh, I did want to let you know that it's still my intention. And also, I'm looking for writers. If you would like to help write Hyper Channel, then I want to hear from you. Go to trek.fm slash writehc, trek.fm slash writehc, and that will take you to a form where you can contact me. 
Writing a story for Hyperchannel is pretty straightforward. We look for an interesting story. And, and as you know from the show, it doesn't always have to be a news story, like here's a new product that comes out. It's something that's interesting about Star Trek or Star Trek fans uh, that, that's in the news, but not necessarily product announcements, not, not that kind of news all the time. And we just write a little synopsis and we bullet point the details. And then I talk about it here on the show. So I am looking for a few writers and if you're interested in helping me out, being part of the show, being part of our news team, and of course getting acknowledgement here each day on the show, then go to trek.fm slash writehc and send me a message and let me know that you'd like to be part of that and then we'll talk more. All right, I also have a network update for you before I close out the show. And as I have missed a few days, I have four new shows for you since last time. So a really quick rundown of those is The Ready Room, our 150th episode of The Ready Room. It's so hard for me to believe that we're at show number 150 now, and we have some great guests to help us celebrate that milestone. John Champion and Ken Ray of Mission Log joined Michael Fisher and me to talk about the next generation. So it is a combination. Someone on Twitter said we crossed the streams on this one. And we did. We crossed the streams, Mission Log and The Ready Room. We're together and we talk about the transition from TOS to the next generation. Even though it was two decades later, we talk about how Gene Roddenberry approached the next generation as a second chance to tell the Star Trek story on television. We also talk a bit about Encounter at Farpoint as the pilot. And the timing was perfect on this because Next week, Mission Log will begin their look at the next generation with Encounter at Farpoint, the official Encounter at Farpoint episode of Mission Log. So you can get a teaser on the ready room right now as John and Ken are there with me and Michael Fisher on that. It was a great discussion. Also, a new episode of The Orb, which Matthew Rushing and I call The Maiden Narrative. This is part six of our nine-part look at DS9's final chapter, and this time we're looking at Tacking into the Wind. There's also a new episode of To the Journey called Mom Jeans, and Tristan and Char bring you a commentary for Persistence of Vision. And there's a new commentary Trek Stars, episode 90 for Mike and Max. In fact, they are closing in on 100 themselves. That's hard for me to believe as well, because I remember when we first started talking about that show and the creation of that show, and here they are at episode 90 already. And this is part three of their look at Will Wheaton and his work beyond Star Trek on television. And they're looking at sci-fi's The Will Wheaton Project this time. So you'll find all of these episodes in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feeds for these four shows or to the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed. The Master Feed contains every episode of every show that we do, and we will sometimes put some special content in there as well. So be sure to grab that, and you'll find all of these in all the places that you get your podcasts. So just search for trek.fm or the name of the show you want to listen to, and you'll find us there. Well, that's our look at the news for today. Remember, if you're streaming Hyper Channel or if you're streaming any of these shows from our website, you can subscribe to them and have them delivered directly to your device of choice. And we really do encourage you to subscribe because those subscriptions really do help us out in iTunes especially. 
And don't forget to review our shows as well and get your name in the drawing for those great Star Trek prizes as part of our reviews promotion. You can find out more about that by going to trek.afilm slash review. Now, I would love to chat with you about the stories I talked about today. Let me know your thoughts on the Ships of the Line contest. Let Larry and me know what you'd like to hear in future versions of the Trekland on Speaker series. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. And the network is on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash TrekFM. On Google Plus, we have a community and we have forums at trek.fm slash forums. You can send me voicemail through the website or you can go to trek.fm slash contact and use our contact form. And that will come to me by email. All right. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. And I'll be back next time with some more stories for you. Until then, go watch some Trek. Trek.